but I think there's also this misconception that oh now now we put a lot of pressure on on uh, pronouns but I'm sure if I called my 50 year old uncle she he would be pissed Hey everyone, this is Spectrum Podcast, your safe space for LGBTQ plus voices, stories and dialogue. I'm your host, Jamie Nonis, and I'm excited to kick off our first episode of Season 2 on International Pronouns Day today, 21st October. We've got a bonus double episode with not one, but two guests for you today who'll be sharing more about the use of pronouns within the LGBTQ community and why it's so important to us. My first guest is Sean Menon, a social worker who volunteers his time with The Tea Project, a social service group aimed at improving the lives of vulnerable transgender people. He also helped to set up the Alicia Community Centre Peer Counselling Programme run by The Tea Project. Today, we also have Aisha Bansal, a 24-year-old PhD student who moved to Singapore from London two years ago. Aisha now works at a Singapore hospital, identifies as non-binary, and uses they-them pronouns. First up is my conversation with Shan, which took place at the Alicia Community Centre. Welcome to the show, Shan. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so, okay, so Shan, you are with The Tea Project, which is Singapore's first homeless shelter for the transgender community. And we want to talk about pronouns, right? So mm-hmm. I understand you're also a registered counsellor. Um, yeah, so talk to me about the importance of pronouns in this community. I think, in general, pronouns are something that's important to everyone um, because it is a validation of who you are. Uh, all the more so for the transgender community because this is a community where gender is um, something very apparent and you know it's something that's just not always acknowledged or recognized or respected by people uh. so yeah definitely pronouns are something that's important because it's a way as uh, as an ally to let the transgender individual know that I see you mm-hmm. And I respect you for who you are. Right. Yep. Okay. So, um, so I was having a conversation with someone who's non-binary, mm-hmm. and it was my first time having a conversation with someone who identifies as non-binary. Yeah. And I even kept getting like tripped up mm. over the use of they and them, and and all that. And so many times I slipped back into she. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think it's something, right? Like even for some of us in the community, yeah. it's still hard for us to like kind of wrap our heads around. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think like okay. So I actually have been involved with the transgender community for a good eleven years or so, and in the initial stages, like I never really heard they them pronouns or the variety. I mean, there are many many different pronouns. I think it was only about five years ago I'd say that I started hearing they them pronouns and I'll admit that initially it was also a bit confusing to me um, but what I really realized is that it is also subconsciously me seeing the person as a particular gender when I am able to then change the way that I see the person then it becomes a lot more natural for me yeah um, 
and I do see it a lot. Like I do see a lot of uh, people who come for counselling because they are questioning. So you know, they're in the midst of counselling, then they would uh, let me know that they prefer a different pronoun, and so you know, then it's my duty and my job to to be able to to make that switch as well. Um, and because counselling is that safe space, then I'm very aware of making sure that. I get it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you ever get it wrong? <laughs> there are. There have been moments. There mm -hmm. have been moments that I've gotten it wrong. Um, but saying that, I think it's just that ability to apologize, acknowledge that I made a mistake, uh, and then never do it again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, when did this whole like pronoun thing start becoming in coming into greater focus? In yeah, the last I'd five years. I'd say it? yeah. I mean. Okay. Um, okay, so there have been other pronouns that were more uh, common, I'd say even 10, 11 years ago when I first started, the mm -hmm. started being in the community. Uh, and that I heard was, for example, in Australia, there was an individual who was trying to legally change their gender mm -hmm. uh, to Z. Mm -hmm. So they had... As in Z-E. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, so they had uh, diverse pronouns as well. Mm -hmm. It was only in the five last five years or so that I actually started um, personally meeting people who identified with diverse pronouns. Mm -hmm. we, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing research for this episode, right, mm -hmm. I found it so like confusing <laughs> <laughs> because like suddenly there's this Z. What mm -hmm. is Z supposed to mean? Like okay, right. they them is quite clear to me. I understand, mm -hmm. but what what is Z and what is Z and all that? Right. I'd say okay. First of all, if I speak about they, them pronouns, it is uh, actually natural grammar. Mm. Like, if I were to tell you, for example, um, my friend got into a car accident, so like, what would your response be to that, usually? If, if I told you. Oh my you. god. <laughs> like, you might ask like how they are. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, what happened to them, you yeah. know. So when I say it like that, you know, it, it is natural right because right, i okay. didn't tell you the gender of my friend okay so you you would sure. use they them pronouns yep. so it's actually natural mm -hmm. um but yeah i do agree that then there are some pronouns that uh, we initially may not um have heard of and those then become a little bit more difficult mm. to get used to so what does z represent then actually i mean at the end of the day i think it is a matter of what the individual feels most comfortable with Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's look at it this way. La. Gender, we already acknowledge that, you know, it's not a binary. It's not a black or white kind of a thing. Um, we're already at a stage of awareness that gender falls on a spectrum. And therefore, there are so many intersectionalities to gender as well that, as an individual, I feel maybe uncomfortable with using he because of the social um, like attachments that it has, or she, or they, them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, not and may not feel any uh, comfortable with any of these, therefore I I find something that suits me the best. I'll be very honest, I don't know all the diverse pronouns. I don't know exactly... So um, there are more? There are more, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I definitely don't know all of them. Uh, but for me, in my position, I think simply what I do is ask and try to get it right. Mm. 
Yeah, I was also sharing in another interview that, that I've been asked about my pronouns mm. more often recently. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. La, that mm. I do see in society people are being a little bit more sensitive. Yeah. And um, yeah, even people who are not necessarily close to me or even in the context of work, right? Yeah. People have been asking, and it's not like a lot, but it's a handful, and mm -hmm. that's enough to start seeing that there is quite a shift happening. Yeah, for sure. Also, one thing that I see is even, uh, you know, when you sign off in your email, people have started putting brackets, their mm. pronouns as well. Um, even if they don't identify as trans, um, or I'm not, if I'm not trans myself, mm -hmm. what I do see from that is just that acknowledgement and kind of tells you a little bit about the person as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering about that because I also noticed that. Mm -hmm. So like, say for example, a gay man who is not non-binary, um, but they also put their he, him pronouns yeah. in brackets as yeah. their sign-off. Yeah. So I was like, why is that necessary? I was wondering. La. Right. Well, one thing is that when it becomes normative and everybody is doing it, it also becomes more comfortable than for a trans individual to state, this, these are my pronouns. Mm, okay. Know. So it's about normalizing yeah. the conversation of pronouns. Yeah. And that's right. So something that we always um, try to encourage as well at meetings or even conferences, etc., is to introduce yourself with your pronouns. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're trans identified or not. Mm. Um, yeah, it just then creates that safety. It tells people a little bit about the respect that you have for the trans community, mm -hmm. and also if there happens to be a trans individual in the audience when they introduce themselves mm. it will just be so much easier for them as well. Right. right. Yeah. When you say meetings, right, are you mm -hmm. talking in terms of like LGBT work and activism work or mm -hmm. like work work context? Yeah, a any context okay. actually that um, I have been in. Um, I do try to make it a habit as well. So yeah, that even then the other individual also starts realizing, mm. oh, this is something new. Okay, do you ever get like a reaction, right? Because like if you look male mm -hmm. and then you introduce yourself and you say that your pronouns are he, him, mm -hmm. do they ever feel like or do they ever say or, or re reply like why do you need to do that when clearly mm -hmm. your pronoun matches with <laughs> your representation? Frankly, I have not had that okay. so far. <laughs> I think that people tend to just listen to it. Maybe they might be curious inside. But uh -huh. Honestly, that's actually what I would like to incite as well. I would like people to start thinking that, oh, my physical appearance does not necessarily equate to the pronouns that I identify with. Although in this situation, mm -hmm, it does. Mm -hmm. um, but because I had to say it, then they might question like, oh. Why are you saying yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> because maybe it's not the case for everybody. Uh, right. So okay. I, I do think that. Okay. So it's yeah. kind of a way of like, opening up a conversation mm -hmm. in a way lah. Yeah. Or planting a seed for them to start right. thinking a bit yeah. deep, deeper. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just that seed. Um, mm. You know, even if they don't talk to me about it immediately, um, but then they see this as something that I do normal, like in a very normal kind of way, mm. they might pick it up or they might just start thinking about, well, why did he do that? Mm. Yeah. So you know, as someone who identifies as transmasculine, it's been kinda challenging to find a high-quality men's barber and grooming salon that's as inclusive and welcoming as Sultans of Shave. 
because they're so inclusive, Sultans of Shave has become my quintessential barbering destination. I just love the passion and precision that their barbers wield because it's all about the art of grooming, and so am I. Now here's an awesome deal for you guys, girl or guy. You can shave $5 off your first shave, fade or haircut when you book an appointment online with my code JAMIE5. Just visit www.sultansofshave.com and you'll be in good hands. In your work as a counsellor, right? Um, what kind of stories have you heard from some of your clients with regards to like pronoun use and and some personal sharing? But wait, actually, wait, cannot share it. I mean, I can <laughs> I can share a general okay. uh, situations lah. Okay. Yeah, and one thing that I see very common um, is mainly in the workplace. Um, so especially trans individuals who are new to a workplace and request to be um, referred to by a particular pronoun, they. May, I mean, the workplace may say that they are allies, and you know they may initially say, "Yeah, sure, you know that that's all that's all good. We will do that and things like that." Uh, but keep making mistakes, um, and I have also heard then when they correct them, then they are being told that they are sensitive, mm. or you know you're being difficult because mm. this is a professional setting. So initially they might you know come across as, "Oh yeah, we can do this," and then later on just be like, "Oh, you know you keep correcting me." This is frustrating, you're just being overly sensitive, mm -hmm. you need to give me time and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I know it hurts for these people because for one, they were promised something and that was not delivered. Mm -hmm. um, and next, you know, these, these are individuals that had to fight to, to be seen and to, to really be recognized for who they are. Coming to terms with your own identity is already a very difficult process mm -hmm. for a lot of people. I mean, you know, coming out as trans is tough on themselves as an individual. So when I finally come to that stage of self-acceptance and I'm ready to share and I keep being shut down and told like, nope, I still don't see you, mm -hmm. it just brings you back into a bubble as well. Right, right. I think it's also important to acknowledge that, okay, like all these um, people saying, oh, you're being sensitive, like, Naturally, they are because they have gone through so much yep. to be recognized. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're saying there's like a disjoint between like what some of these corporations are saying and then what they're actually practicing, mm. la. Yeah, we do see it with allies okay. a lot, yeah. So initially, they'll be like, "Yeah, we are allies. We are there for you, etc." Um, but then they keep making mm. mistakes, and then when they get corrected, they also you get, get defensive yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I get what you mean. In th theory, they wanna they wanna support. In theory, mm. they want to, but the, when it really comes down to it, it's actually walking the talk, and yes. it's a bit more difficult. Everybody's human. That's, that's the right. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what what's the one thing that you would like society to know and understand about this whole conversation about pronouns? Yeah, so I, I feel that pronouns, as I started by saying, is really just about respecting an individual. Um, you know, it's, for, it's about seeing them, and it's not as simple as words. Yeah. The pronouns really are an identifier of the person, and when you make that little mistake, it really does affect the person emotionally, psychologically. Yeah, so I would like society or you know the audience to to just recognize that these two or three alphabets actually have 
a very large impact on the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to think about it a little bit more when you're when you're using pronouns. Mm -hmm. Would you advise people to to ask if they are unclear? Um, yes, but it can also be a difficult process for the the other party mm -hmm. as well. So sometimes, you know, I have also been in that situation of um, you know, what would you like me to refer to you as, and what pronouns would you like? Mm. And sometimes, you know, it, because it's uncomfortable, or they are still in that process of like being comfortable with themselves, they may not. They may, may not answer straight away, mm. or they. Yeah. I, I have had I have had like um, a young person who was like, "Huh? What do you mean? No, no, you know, just use he pronouns. What? What do you? Why are you asking me that? Is <laughs> it's okay? Like you know, I. As I, in your your client is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. And so he was a bit like confused about why I asked him that question. Okay. Okay. And then he he gave me an a, uh, his birth name uh -huh. and uh, male pronouns. Okay. Um, but. So he was a he. At, yes. Um, okay, biological he. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but later on, then was able to actually have an open conversation with me about a year later, honestly, and it stuck. So even if at that moment in time they were not ready, mm -hmm. I just asked the question and moved on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I never like you know I, I didn't keep going back mm -hmm. to it and keep prodding. And then a year later, then he did come back to me and he wasn't trans but he was gay. Mm -hmm. And so by asking that question, it, it helped him to know that I was a safe person. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I was aware ah, of these things. Okay, yeah. so that was not in the context of an LGBTQ... No, no. Um, okay, yeah. okay. Because as a social worker, I also do counselling with young people. Right, well. right, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it can be a very tricky conversation to have. Because, mm -hmm. like, say if it's a cis or straight person, yeah. and then they... They want to be sensitive, but at the same time, by asking in a way, you're also making an assumption. Mm -hmm. There's the underlying assumption, yeah, yeah. and then they also don't know whether the other person is going to be comfortable being mm -hmm. on the receiving end of that oh, yeah. question and assumption. Yeah, which is why I also then focus on myself. You know, by making that introduction, introducing myself and introducing my pronouns, mm -hmm. it's not about me assuming, mm. you know, who you are. Yep. I am making this a normal part of conversation and introduction. Right. So as a counsellor, then, you know, that very first session is always, it's a standard question that counsellors ask when a client comes in, like, what would you like me to refer to you? Mm, you know, okay. What name would you prefer? Because yeah. most people have a full name and, you know, yeah. sometimes they would prefer a shortened name or a nickname, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's already a natural conversation to have. So why not just add and mm. what pronouns? So the pronouns just an extension of that conversation introduction. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay, what are your thoughts on like, say a lot of like the larger society, right, mainstream, what are your thoughts on them thinking or saying that, you know, why are people getting so fussy about all these things right now mm -hmm. and what is the big deal and that kind of stuff? I mean, <laughs> there will always be something that, that they are unhappy about. Um, I guess people don't like change and people don't like seeing things out of what they have always believed to be true and when it comes to gender like people just have these notions of it being very binary this is black or white to them and they like to simplify it um, but as time moves on you know not just with gender but multiple other aspects of life we learn more about humanity and now we understand so many new things um, I guess 
that it's really about awareness and acceptance that that all these things are moving and it's something that we should actually celebrate and embrace instead of you know get stuck in like back in the times mm. basically okay yeah. is there anything that you would like to add on before we wrap up about pronoun use no i think the question you asked earlier about that big message that i would like people to to take away really is is the most important thing lah just to remember how important it is to the person and yeah how how much of an impact it really might have on that individual yeah okay cool thank you so much shan no problem i hope you enjoyed my conversation with shan Our next guest is Aisha Bansal, a 24-year-old PhD student who moved to Singapore from London, where they were heavily involved in activist work within the LGBTQ+ community over there. This was my first conversation with someone who identifies as non-binary and uses they/them pronouns. I have to admit, I did trip up a few times and did refer to Aisha as she during our conversation, as this is something that even I get confused about and I'm still getting used to and learning about. I appreciate the fact that Aisha was so good-natured about it and really patient in explaining all the various pronouns and terminologies to me, including the differences between gender identity, sex, and sexuality, which I found all super fascinating and enlightening. Now without further ado, here's my conversation with Aisha. So Aisha, maybe we could start with what does it mean to be non-binary? So to me personally, gender is a spectrum. I would say almost like a color wheel uh where you have the known binary genders that a lot of people already know about so you have man and woman which a lot of people identify as that in their daily life and within that you obviously have trans people within the binary so uh somebody who is say assigned female at birth who identifies as a man but you also have identities outside of this spectrum so myself i identify as a gender uh, which means i don't see a gender in myself at all i don't i don't think i'm gendered i think i exist outside of that mm-hmm. some people will be bigender so they'll identify as two different genders at at different points of time so a non-binary individual is basically somebody who just doesn't fit into man or woman mm-hmm. exclusively so okay yeah Okay, so I'm pretty new to this conversation to be honest like okay for transparency I identify as trans. Mhm. Um so I've also been told that I have a very binary way of thinking. Okay? And and it's true. It's pretty black and white. So even when it comes to like non-gender issues, I'm a very black and white person. So I that's just my default way of thinking. Mhm. <clears throat> so I have to put a caveat on this conversation. I may need you to edify me a little bit here and there. Um you know, in case I use the wrong terminology things like that please like point it out let me know yeah. i'm i'm here to learn as well of course i mean i think for a lot of people you don't learn about gender in a way like even for myself going up i thought man and woman that's all there is and it wasn't until i was like 19 where i realized what non-binary identities were and that mm. there are other options out there 
in okay. the spectrum of gender queerness. Right, right. <coughs> yeah, because you mentioned agender, right? Yes. So, and you mentioned like agender means that there's no, you don't see male or female. So male and female would identify, would be more about biological sex okay. and not about gender. So I don't right. see myself as a man or as a woman Okay. or as any other gender. I right. don't see myself as a gender at all. Okay. Okay. And also like, I would like to state like, I, I, my intention is to have this conversation with as much sensitivity as yes. I can. Um, but of course, there are going to be questions where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Yeah, of course. Because um, this is new and I think it's going to be new for a lot of listeners as well. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by you don't see yourself as a man or a woman? So for a lot of people, when they grow up, uh, so, so let's look at trans individuals because it's a very clear indication. You grow up and you don't feel like you're, you don't feel like you're a girl if you were assigned a female at birth, for example. You grow up thinking there's not, it doesn't fit right. So for me, nothing fits right. It's like, oh, well, it's like trying on different shoes, but none of the shoes fit. So you're just like, oh, well, then I just want to be barefoot. So I'm kind of like that with gender. Like mm -hmm. I've tried being a woman, I've tried being a man, I've tried a few different things, mm -hmm. and I've just decided that none of it fits, so I just, I won't wear one. Okay. So I, I won't wear a shoe, which in this case is a gender. So to right. me, I'm a gender. Okay, right. So at 19, you discovered you were non-binary. Yeah. And then that's when you chose they, them pronouns. Yes. Right. What What's your journey been like? like using these they them pronouns and educating people around you to use these pronouns so with they them pronouns they them pronouns are luckily one of the more common pronouns I think a lot of people even in regular English in the binary use them right well you'll be like oh my mail the mailman dropped something they left a note for you or hey somebody called they said you should call them back that's a very normal thing that people would do when they don't know the gender of somebody. So I use they, them pronouns, that's really lucky. Uh, so the biggest issue that I face though is a lot of people go in to like grammar and they're like, but they is a plural pronoun. And I'm like, okay, but you have very frequently in your life, probably unknowingly been like, hey, they dropped something, I should help them. And you're not thinking about that. You don't, you don't think there are two people who've dropped this item mm. you know it's just one you just don't know who the person is mm -hmm. so i think it's not and and language is always evolving i'm not a linguist so i can't comment too much on that aspect but mm -hmm. i think the biggest mind shift is for people to realize that they isn't plural exclusively and this is something that's in the dictionaries so yeah I have to admit, actually, right, I'm one of those. Because, like, my, my job, you know, yeah. as a journalist, as an editor, as a writer, right? So, like, when this whole thing first started emerging, mm -hmm. out, I was like, I just cannot wrap my head around it. Like, like my, my, my head just cannot compute because they is plural, you know, in my mind. So, so as, as much as obviously I'm trying to be, like, understanding and, and sensitive, but for me personally, it does, like, it, it does fry my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, that's why there is this other non-binary pronoun. Well, I wouldn't call it a non-binary pronoun. There's this other pronoun, uh, which a lot of people use, which is like Z, or like, so Z as an alternative to he or she, Zer oh. as an alternative okay, to... Okay, I've started seeing that, so but I have no idea what it is. Because 
that one doesn't ex that one is not commonly used like they them is a yeah. common english uh pronoun okay. for for plural these right. gets across that because it doesn't it doesn't it hasn't previously existed okay. as so, frequently so z means he yeah or right. she for for a person who doesn't i use the pronouns he or she Okay, I'm I'm confused. So, <laughs> so for example, for me, yeah. Z and Z would be okay. Oh, okay. So, so Z being the way I would say, oh, he ran to the park. I would be like, Z ran to the park. Okay. Or, uh, oh, is this his book? Is like, is this Zer book? Uh huh. As to be like. Is this his book? So there, it's just like a completely okay. different. Okay. So trying to, set. I'm trying to understand, right? So if we use. <clears throat> if you use Z, mm -hmm. uh, does it mean that the person is non-binary or they identify as male or...? Uh, so, I think for a lot of people, pronouns are a very personal thing. Okay. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if you're using she, her pronouns, you're a woman. If you're using he, him pronouns, you're mm -hmm. a man. And they, them pronouns are exclusive for non-binary people. Uh -huh. Same with Zer. I don't think that's true. Okay. I think pronouns are not necessarily indicative of your gender. I also have a lot of non-binary friends who do use gendered pronouns, who use she, her. Mm -hmm. uh, in my daily life, in my job, I use she, her pronouns. Okay. Uh, so I think it's a common misconception that you have to be all of the things to qualify. Okay. But pronouns is only one aspect. Sure. I'm trying to understand, like, who would use the Z-Zer pronoun then? Anybody who wants to. Okay. You could use them if you wanted to, if you just felt like that's what you were comfortable with. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, so, how is it different from using, like, he then? So, I think... Or what makes it different? What makes it different is that there is, obviously, in this world, we have a notion of what gender is, mm -hmm. right? We have man and we have woman, commonly. Uh, so, he is... In society, people are like, he is male mm -hmm. and a man, mm -hmm. and she is female and a woman. Mm -hmm. And Z and Zer, mm -hmm. as for non-binary individuals especially, gets you out of that. Okay. So is is Z the equivalent of he and yes. Zer the equivalent of her? Yes. Okay. So like, he, she. Yeah. And her, so Zer is like, uh -huh. this is Zer book. Like okay. this is his book. So would it be accurate to say that Zer would mean like someone who identifies as non-binary but is more on the feminine side? Not necessarily. Okay. Alright. So <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a, a, a different thing which is uh, gender and gender expression so okay. feminine versus masculine uh -huh. I think we also I, we obviously associate feminine to, to women and masculine to male mm -hmm. and men and that's not necessarily true either. There's nothing stopping. So, so traditionally, for example, in history, women weren't allowed to wear trousers because that's a masculine thing and men do that. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that anymore. So that's something that we've decided is not a masculine exclusive thing anymore. Okay. And uh, more commonly now we see a lot of men wearing dresses. Uh, we saw Jaden Smith do it. Mm. We saw uh, quite a few people at various award shows start to wear dresses mm. as men. Yeah. So that would be somebody who is a feminine man. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make them non-binary. That mm. makes them 
somebody. Cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> a rock <laughs> star. <me> cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, kilts have existed in yeah. Scotland for the longest time. And yeah. so I think gender, gender expression, and biological sex are now mm. like three categories mm. that you kind of have to wrap your mind around very quickly. Yeah, so just to state for the record, um, I am not a millennial and I'm finding it <laughs> difficult to wrap my head around all these new terms and terminologies like in my day. I did, we started out not even knowing the term lesbian. Yeah. You know? So and, and okay, when I grew up, there wasn't the internet honestly mm -hmm. so we had no idea what it was so yeah. for the longest time myself for me i thought i was lesbian and yeah. i grew up thinking and identifying with that but it also never felt right yeah it never sat right and then it's only like a couple of years ago that i started realizing hey there's this whole world called transgender yeah you know and in the past it was more like transvestite cross-dressing and it yeah. was more like uh, male to female, mm -hmm. so obviously I didn't identify with that, and then, but then suddenly it became like a, a social media. Also, like a lot more people came out, and yeah. you know, with representation and all that. Then I started realizing that there's something called transgender, yeah. and then I automatically identified with it. I yeah. felt that draw to it, you know, and I felt that I felt that that was right for me. You know, so I, I totally get what you mean about the shoe not fitting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think especially with non binary identities is our access to the internet now and knowledge. Mm. Uh, that's obviously not to dismiss like the historical existence of non binary individuals. So uh, I have Indian heritage, so Hijras in the Indian community are a third gender. Yeah. Uh, they are legally recognized as so in India as well. Mm. Or you will have uh, two-spirited people from uh, Native American cultures. So I think that we have existed for the longest time. We just haven't had the terminology to mm. identify. Right. So it was kind of like you were like growing up, you were like, oh, well, I'm not really this. I'm something else, but I just don't know what I right, am. Right, right. So for a lot of kids nowadays, it's like, oh, I'm not this, but I don't know what to say I am. Mm. You know, speaking of third gender, so yes. I was doing research, right? And then I was like, I've heard about this. I know that there's this term third gender, but what is it actually? So I think that depends on who you ask. So a hijra, for example, is usually an intersex individual, uh, is usually a somebody who would be uh, a man who kind of cross-dresses but is not actually biologically male. Okay. necessarily but how is that different from like transgender then or um i think it's because of their that's their choice to identify outside the transgender community because they don't feel like they want to be women they don't which mm. which i guess for transgender individuals is usually your your one thing and you want to identify as the the other mm. and okay. they're like oh well we are not men and we are we don't want to be women. So mm -hmm. that, I guess, would be something that segregate, separates them from yeah. other trans individuals. I find this conversation so fascinating. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> but gender is complicated. Yeah, it really is such a spectrum. Like, it keeps blowing my mind, honestly, what a spectrum it is. And it's, it's a freaking beautiful thing, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I personally, personally believe, I don't know if it's true for every person out there, but I think there are as many genders as there are people because gender is who you are mm -hmm. and to each. So everyone you ask, right, if you ask a, a, a cis woman, so somebody who was born and assigned female at birth who identifies as a woman, a cis woman, what it means to be a woman, mm -hmm. each person would answer something different. True. To them, their gender is something different. Mm -hmm. So to some people, they would say it's, it's childbearing, it's being a mother. Somebody would say it's having awesome boobs and somebody would be like, oh, it's about wearing all the makeup in the world. And yeah. to, to each person, it's different. Right. Okay. So there is gender identity mm -hmm. and then there's sex. Yep. And then there's sexual identity. Sexuality. Sexuality. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Can you talk to me about these three and the differences? Yep. So, so sexuality is probably the easiest to define at first, which is who you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. So I'm bisexual, I'm attracted to every, well, potentially everybody. I mean, I've definitely seen some asshole walk down the street and been like, not you. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, so sexuality is the things we know most commonly. So things like gay is a man who likes a man. Mm -hmm. Lesbian is a woman who likes a woman. Bisexual mm. are people who like uh, many genders and so on so that one we we kind of know more of where it gets complicated is well a man who likes a man what is a man so that's the gender aspect and as a scientist uh i get a lot of people try to argue with me and they're like biological sex is a binary you're either one or the other mm. and that's that's kind of a bullshit thing that a lot of scientists made up because we are lazy and we were like oh it's too difficult to be like oh there's like a, a, a variety, a spectrum of sexes. So we're going to be like, oh, if you fall within this threshold, you're a female. If you fall within this threshold, you're a male. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll put the rest kind of in the middle as an intersex. So traditional characteristics of a female is when you're born, you have a vagina. Mm -hmm. uh, you have, well, I guess that's just about it. As a baby, that's all they look at. Vagina, penis, okay, mm -hmm. that's that. Uh, so that's kind of how you're classified. But biological sex is about so many more things. It could be about chromosomes. It could be about hormone levels. It could be about what your internal reproductive organs are like. And they don't really check for that. Mm -hmm. Most people have no idea what their chromosomes are. Most people don't get checked for hormones. Hmm. Uh, because we kind of have this arbitrary way of being like A or B. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. But biological sex exists outside gender. So you could easily be in a male body mm -hmm. and identify as non-binary, or you could identify as a woman. And a lot of trans individuals, for example, who don't want to go through uh, uh, to to go through uh, gen sexual reassignment surgery, they will often be told that they can't identify as the gender that they want to because they don't have the matching goods. So. Oh. That they're told by who? Like the doctor? The doctor, or like when you go get your gender marker changed, for example, one of the require like there are certain requirements mm. to that, obviously. So for a lot of people, though, they don't feel like the body is wrong. They just feel like being told they're a man is wrong mm. or being told a woman mm -hmm. is wrong. They're okay with their body. They're happy with it. Mm. Um, so I think that's something we need to start separating mentally is like man 
uh, gender, man, woman, non-binary, mm -hmm. from biological sex. Because, mm -hmm. for example, like when you look at me, the reason you use she, her pronouns is because you think I'm a female and therefore That's a woman. That's what I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, obviously this is not just you, this is a lot, a lot of people, mm -hmm. I mean, every day in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can be a female or I, well, I'm not, I'm intersex, but I could be a female and I could still be non-binary. That doesn't influence how I'm allowed to live in my gender. Mm. Okay. Just gonna pause for a moment yes. and take that in and of digest course. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do want to say uh, that doesn't that doesn't take away from people who do want to change physically who they are to match who they feel. A lot of people do that, and that's completely fine as well. I mean, that's I think what we know more commonly. We're all dealing with a lot of challenges right now, just trying to get through this pandemic. And I just want you to know that there's no shame in seeking the help we need. Safe Space is an organisation that connects users with counsellors, including LGBT-friendly counsellors, for online and offline counselling sessions. So if you're feeling stressed, burnt out, or having relationship or marriage problems and you need to talk to someone for help, don't hesitate to reach out to their professional therapists at safespace.sg to book a counselling session and improve your mental well-being today. Let's talk about your experiences in terms of the use of pronouns. So you prefer they, them? Yes. Right? And how has your journey and experience been like? So, I mean, obviously up until I knew what it was, I used she, her pronouns. It felt a little bit awkward and weird and it wasn't exactly what fit. Mm -hmm. I then started, I found out through a lot of really cool people, uh, Travis Alabanza, uh, Alok, uh, Venon, who are, who are uh, queer activists. Uh, I met them in London and they kind of taught me that there are alternatives. That's when I started using they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realized it fits me better. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. And then I obviously realized a lot of people don't like using they, them pronouns, mm -hmm. uh, especially because I've almost always looked like a woman would look. So to them, they're like, oh no, that's, that's what a woman looks like. So that has to be she, her pronouns. Mm -hmm. uh, and so being in the UK, it was, at least there was a community and I would, you could educate people to some extent, I think, uh, especially here being in Singapore, a lot of people don't even know what pronouns are. Like when I say, oh, what are your pronouns to somebody here? Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, what does that even mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what would you like me to refer to you as? And a lot of people have never really even thought about mm -hmm. what they're just like, oh, well, what do I look like? And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what you look like. What do you, what are you okay with? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because like in the last few years or so, I've had people start asking me what my pronouns yeah. are. And I think it's really cool, you know? Yeah. And I really appreciate it. And, and, but to me, it, it actually doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I come from a different generation, as yeah. I mentioned. And I, I don't know whether you, like, your generation feels this way, right? But like, um, I have noticed a lot from people that I've spoken to in, in my circle and all of my age, we tend to prefer to shy away from labels. For, for some reason um, and then and, and that's been the case for a pretty long time and then now suddenly it feels like labels are in <laughs> in, in a way like in a way society has that shift you know it's shifted that way 
Um, yeah, so was it difficult for you to get people to use the, your preferred pronouns? Uh, yes and no. I think once people can get over the mental barrier and start learning a little bit more, I think it's also just a thing of like respect. It doesn't hurt somebody to use a specific pronoun. And I think there's this... I, I, I'm, it's totally fine when people don't care, obviously. A lot of people don't care. Even a lot of my friends, they don't care. Call them whatever you want. But I think there's also this misconception that, oh, now now we put a lot of pressure on, on uh, pronouns. But I'm sure if I called my 50-year-old uncle she, he would be pissed. He'd be like, oh, I don't care about pronouns. That's so stupid. Mm. But if I was like, oh she's in the bathroom he would be that's a really angry excellent question uh, that's an excellent point <laughs> yeah i never thought about it that so, way <laughs> but that's an excellent point obviously there are all, like older people who don't care either but yeah. there there are a lot of older people who say they don't care and they would not be okay mm. if you assumed or you used what to them is not the intuitively correct one mm. interesting how how is the journey like with your family and and your identity uh so with family it was a little bit more difficult i think wrapping your head around being gay is one thing and then being like oh now my child uses they them pronouns am i ever gonna have the wedding of my dreams with my little girl like mm. in a fancy sari and i was like look this i can do that as well i'm more than happy to uh of course i think they're still not exactly on board with they them pronouns and i think language barrier mm -hmm. is also a thing i think for a lot of people whose first language isn't english mm -hmm. and if they come from a gendered language mm. so something like say spanish or hindi you're you're very in the mindset of oh there's a like there is a gender mm. so i think it becomes kind of a memory game Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yep. Which is happening right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think for a lot of people... Uh, I don't know, maybe yourself as well. I think what I... What would help or what has helped me is like... To just actively use they, them for everybody. Okay. Until it becomes normal for me. Okay, Even that, that feels weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> it Honestly. does. It does feel weird yeah, at first yeah. because you're so used to it. Yeah. But when you start actively noticing when you already use they them pronouns, mm -hmm. like when there's somebody walking on the street and you're like, oh no, they dropped something. Mm -hmm. That's a very mm. you don't even think about doing that for a lot of people. Okay, actually, right. <laughs> <laughs> if I see someone on the street who dropped something, I would say he dropped something. If if I can clearly identify, it's but a if he. you can't, if like I you just see the top of their head oh, in a okay. backpack, right, 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 right. Okay. Mm. So when you cannot tell at all, mm -hmm. a lot of people do default mm. to they. Like if it's just a voice on a phone, mm. and somebody's been like, oh, for your, oh, uh, tell me your, tell your friend to call me back. Mm -hmm. When you go to your friend, you're gonna be like, hey, somebody said call them back. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be like, somebody mm. said, call he or she back. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I've also been noticing on like Instagram, right, like on people's profiles, mm -hmm. they will like bracket their pronouns yeah. lately, which is cool. But like my question is, right, if, if the person already looks like a he, yep. then why is it necessary to still put the he, uh, him pronouns? I think that's a way of being inclusive for people who don't necessarily use he, him pronouns. Because it could be... You could end up outing yourself as something in a space you don't 
want to uh -huh. when pronouns are not normalized. So it sh the burden ends up being on trans individuals, on non-binary individuals to start educating about pronouns versus if, if you kind of have your own pronouns out there, I know that you know enough about what pronouns are uh -huh. and it's very normal then. Like, okay. if you're asking everybody, you're not going to single out the one person who doesn't look like they really fit in. Mm, I see, so, I see. Which is something I learned actually from a lot of like trans people in my life where they felt really awkward when... I guess they weren't passing and a lot of people would be like oh who are, like what are you mm. and they felt put on the spot then versus mm. if i'm asking everybody in the room even if it's not really clear to me it's a great way to ask somebody without asking without being like no you you're the one who i don't understand mm, 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 mm. okay i see where i see where you're coming from now okay cool all right what is the biggest misconception that people have about non-binary people that you're gay <laughs> that you're just gay they're like oh either that or they're like oh no you're just confused or you're rebelling against what what gender is they're like oh you just don't want to get married and i'm like well okay i don't but like that's not why i'm identifying the way i am right, I mean. right. what do you say to people who think of that or oh, you just want to be trendy oh yeah that's that's <laughs> a big one too that's true um i guess i'm like well there's nothing wrong with being trendy is there like why did you buy that shoe like that that like really expensive pair of air jordans because you want to be cool yeah, yeah, yeah maybe i do too maybe my gender expression <laughs> is the way i do that <laughs> but do you think that okay so personally i feel it's really great where society is heading right mm -hmm. but do you sometimes think that maybe we're getting like too overly politically correct or, or putting this pressure on trying to be too politically correct so I think, and I'm very careful about the way I say this, because I don't think we're getting too politically correct. I think that's, but I think what we're doing is we're starting to villainize people who make mistakes. And mistakes do happen. And I obviously understand the people who get hurt. That's completely fair. I mean, I was, I used to be super hurt when people used to get my pronouns wrong, especially when they were new to me. And I completely understand the hurt as well. But I think at a certain point we need to be, open and have conversations with people who don't understand so that they can understand. I mean, I think there's certain people who it's beyond, like my 90-year-old grandpa isn't going to suddenly be cool with everything at this <laughs> point. But, you know, maybe somebody like you who's already willing to be educated, if I was just Bart Hurt every time uh, you identify, like you, you use the wrong pronouns, you would never learn and you would be angry at me too. Mm. Right, and then there'd be a and war then, between both sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I think it's a bit of a give and take. It's not fair to ask somebody who's already in a vulnerable position to keep teaching, which is also something that happens. But I think once we have, at least what's going to happen if we do not have conversations is no one's going to learn. So mm. we need to have spaces to have conversations safely. Yeah. yeah. That's but. why we're here. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I think yeah, you know, spaces like, like this. So I had like um, a friend on Facebook. He's, he's a guy, mm -hmm. a straight guy, married with children. Mm -hmm. And he, so he shared this photo of like a super punk looking alien kind of individual, mm -hmm. like really styled in that yeah. kind of really way out there kind of way. And then he made a crack about being like how you identify and then call me something something yeah um like mocking that picture yeah okay 
I was so pissed off and I was like on the verge of unfriending him at that point in time. I mean, we're not friends at all, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe acquaintances, but that's about it. Um, yeah, so I feel like there's that pushback also happening. Yeah. You know? Of course. I mean, I think there are going to be people who are never going to learn, but I think a huge part of having a good conversation like this is not even just for people who are going to learn from this who are, who are cis and het, but for a lot of people who were in my position and didn't even know, like they just didn't feel good about themselves, but they didn't know this was a potential. Or maybe for a kid who wants to try to tell their parents that, hey, maybe, you know, that I don't feel like, I don't want to use she, her pronouns, I want to use they, them pronouns. Mm. A conversation that's happening in public could help that kid tell their parents who aren't necessarily getting it easily. Mm. So so okay. So educate me, okay. So in that <laughs> situation, how should I have handled it? Like I just ignored it. Should I have said something? Should I have, you know? <laughs> I think it. I think it depends on how safe you feel. I would have personally said something, at least in private. I think maybe a, for some people, a public conversation, they people get defensive. They're like, "Oh, how dare you attack me on my Facebook page?" Uh, but I think it also depends on how much do you think that person is gonna be willing to listen. Especially for me, at least for people with young kids or with any kids, I'm like, okay, you may not respect me, but what if your kid is like me? Then that's karma. (laughs) But the kid's going to suffer, right? I don't want the child to suffer because their parent is going to kick them out of their house and make them homeless. So I'm like, okay, you can't accept me, but at least as long as you can get to a place where then you can accept your kid if they are like me. Because you don't know who you're hurting yeah. when and you say these things. And you don't know who your kid's going to grow up to be. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, gender reveal parties, like... That's <laughs> another problematic area. Of course. Yes. That's problematic in many ways. I think yes. the U.S. has had one too many fires mm-hmm. recently. Yep. <laughs> all, all gender reveal related, but... Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think... We start uh, off gendering people. No, I'm surprised it's still going on. I'm surprised yeah. people are still having this big shindigs to celebrate gender reveal parties yeah. when the conversation about gender is so nuanced right now and everybody knows it's so nuanced. Yeah, I mean, it's actually really interesting that the lady who invented gender reveal parties regrets it now that her child identifies as non-binary. Does she? Yeah, and she's like, oh shit, like my child... Is well, not well, the well, gender. What was I saying about karma? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean she's super, she's super accepting yeah. of her kid and stuff, yeah. but she's she feels bad that she started this whole thing. That's, I guess, really, I would use the term transphobic, uh, and she feels bad that she's kind of created this whole situation. Why is it transphobic? So, okay, the non-binary umbrella falls within the trans umbrella. So, trans as a spectrum of of. If you def- so there's obviously trans people who are within the binary, people uh, who are, say, assigned male at birth, then identify as a woman. But trans just means you don't identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. Okay. So I was assigned uh, intersex corrected to, to female at birth, so I was assigned a woman at mm-hmm. birth, and I just don't identify with that. And mm-hmm. that in itself makes me a trans individual. Okay. Wow. So... It kind of is like trans, non-binary, agender. Whoa. Okay, I thought it was non-binary up yes. there and then trans somewhere within that umbrella. 
But no, so because you can have trans people on the the binary, right? So I'm sure you all, we all know, like Laverne Cox, for example. She's a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. She's a woman, mm -hmm. and she is not non-binary. And she could choose to be if she wanted to be later, but at the moment, I she identifies as a woman. Right. Okay, that's an excellent um, point, <laughs> and because I want to talk about representation. Okay? Yes. And. How do you feel about the representation of non-binary people in film and TV? I don't think days? there is any. Really? I mean, I know I can name off the top of my head one show uh -huh. where they use they them pronouns. Okay, which is one day at a time. Uh, it's it's I just really briefly it's like a sitcom type of thing about a Cuban family who lives in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, one of the main characters' partners mm -hmm. is non-binary. Okay. I think that is the first time on a TV program, a, a very, a not like a super niche TV program or show, is that I've seen somebody identify as non-binary openly and the, the show explains what pronouns are. The show uses they them pronouns frequently throughout the show for this individual. And I think that's probably one of the first shows where they do do that. Mm. I actually can tell you two more. Okay. So do you know Billions? No. So there's a series called Billions, mm -hmm. and then one of the major protagonists does identify as non-binary and uses they them pronouns. Wow. Yes. And then there's another one. So it's all on Netflix, right? There's another one called The Politician. So one okay, of the key one I've, I've yeah. So one of the key characters as well is non-binary mm -hmm. and uses they them pronouns. Wow, yeah. damn. Okay, so you're no more in the know than I am. <laughs> <laughs> we're teaching right? each other, right? Yes, so that's course. why we're here. <laughs> I mean, I think as representation increases, obviously people will know more as well, and it'll help them both if they identify or if they just want to get comfortable with specific pronouns. Mm. Uh, I think, because uh, there was this, show, this documentary about trans uh, identities and media coverage of trans identities mm -hmm. on Netflix. Disclosure? Yes. Yes, that was fantastic. So, that yeah. Was so good. And I think the way they describe like media influence on like for being trans for them mm -hmm. and how that felt. I think a lot of it applies to non-binary individuals as well. Mm. Okay. Uh in that like it's obviously like a double-edged sword, but it's really helpful. Right. Okay, I want to ask you about how your non-binary gender identity yes. has impacted your relationships. Relationships? Quite a lot. I've been... My most recent relationship uh, was with a straight man. Uh, and obviously the term straight implies... Attract, as, as a straight man implies attracted to women. I'm not a woman. I mean, I'm not even a female. So uh, I think obviously there was a lot of... of hesitation in that for, for for my partner it was difficult to get used to using gender-neutral language uh, no like I use partner I don't use boyfriend or girlfriend mm -hmm. because I don't identify as a girl right so you wouldn't be okay with him calling you his girlfriend probably not I mean I won't it's not too offensive to me anymore but like I would rather you refer to me with gender-neutral language especially when a lot of it exists mm -hmm. and partner is a super easy one mm. Uh, but I think also for a lot of my partners, it's been deconstructing their own knowledge of what gender is mm -hmm. and kind of their relationship. And I think with, with their own sexuality as well, because mm -hmm. a lot of people, at least from my experience, they're not attracted to a specific gender because, I mean, you, you see a lot of women who wear 
dresses, but you also see very uh, tomboy women, mm. women who don't ever wear dresses and don't ever wear makeup. So how I know I'm very binary <laughs> is that I'm only attracted to the ones who wear the dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's just for me. <laughs> Well, then you could say you're a, uh, you're into a feminine person. Like for example, if I'm wearing a dress, you may be. And I'm not that I'm saying you are, but you could be attracted to me. For example, <laughs> that still doesn't make me a woman, though. <laughs> so. so no, but this is so fascinating. Like, I can find myself attracted to, um, like, how do I put this correctly? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. I'll correct you along the way. To to like the the contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race sometimes you yeah know? because they're just so hot you know but oh, I for know sure. they are male you yeah know? they're or, they're yeah. all men yeah yeah so I think but that shows right it's not you're not necessarily attracted to a specific gender you're potentially attracted to a specific display uh, which is more like feminine characteristics mm-hmm. uh, but that you don't have to be a woman to be feminine, right? All the people on RuPaul's Drag... Well, most of the people on RuPaul's Drag Race mm. are not women. Right. Uh, the same way if I'm in a dress and I'm in heels and makeup, I'm not a woman then either. Mm-hmm. I'm still non-binary. And so I think for a lot of people, they're attracted to A, a specific aesthetic, mm. uh, and B, they're repulsed by specific genitalia. Or attracted, I don't know. I feel like maybe repulsed is still <laughs> like a better feeling, but... Uh, like a lot of people just don't want to sexually engage with a specific mm. ah, genital okay. right, more right, than what right. is attached to the genital. Mm. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's a so, very big can of worms. <laughs> I mean... If, if we want to go there. Yeah, of yeah, course. there's a lot more but, to unpack. So that. I think for yeah. a lot of my partners, it was recognizing in themselves that it's like as a non-binary individual but I think also from my end is is realizing that a lot of my partners do refer to me as their girlfriend and they do use she her pronouns for mm-hmm. me and they do I think I would say overall they do see me as a woman and sometimes that really does hurt because I'm not a woman and but there's only so much I can do about somebody else's mindset I can't physically change your a mindset mm-hmm. Uh, despite being a neuroscientist, we haven't gotten that far. I haven't <laughs> <laughs> legally, at least. <laughs> but okay. As, but so it does hurt to kind of know that a lot of people will misidentify me and will continue to misidentify me, and it doesn't matter what I do. So especially in relationships, who is supposed to be somebody you trust, and to to think that they love a version of me that I'm not. Mm. Okay, and it's conversations that you've had with them, yeah. and yet they still persist in calling you a certain way, is it? I think it's... I don't think they're consciously doing it. Okay. I think it's like a, a, an unconscious or a subconscious thing where I very clearly do look like okay. a woman in a lot of aspects. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's having to mentally break down the barriers of what gender is to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't, if you don't ident- identify as a woman... Mm-hmm. You don't identify as a man either, right? No. And that's the whole point of being non-binary. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm still trying to trying to digest <laughs> that. <laughs> but okay, yeah. Okay, so so in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, if you get offended, if people Id- uh, identify you as a woman, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you wanna then maybe dress more male or androgynous? Um. Well. Okay. So. 
I, I have in the past, but I don't, I don't believe that my aesthetic is the definition of my gender. I think sure. society sees aesthetic as a specific gender, but just because I'm in a dress doesn't make me a woman. The same way if Jaden Smith is wearing a dress, he's not a woman. Okay, I think we're going to keep repeating that <laughs> until the end, until yes. I get it. <laughs> 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 but I think, yeah, I think the biggest factor in pronouns is realizing that it doesn't necessarily it, correlate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We like patterns and uh -huh. patterns no longer exist. Right, right, right. And that's why it fries so many people's brains, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. But this is great. I'm loving this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Have you experienced any discrimination as a result of being non-binary? Uh, for sure. I mean, I think... Uh, I'm okay. I'm pretty lucky. I do look like a woman. If I don't want to tell people I'm non-binary, I don't have to, and a lot of people would never know. Especially, say, at my workplace, they wouldn't really know, and I don't really care to correct them at the moment. But uh, at once, a lot of people do know. I think probably similar to things that you've maybe faced. Maybe you can let me know. Uh, is people who think you're either mentally sick or just think you want to go into the other bathroom kind of thing and they they don't see it as a valid identity they see it as a problem and then I, I mean I don't know how much you've potentially faced with your trans identity but a lot of people don't necessarily accept that uh, that that's a valid way of of existing because there's a lot of like no you have to pick one mm. I think I've also been really lucky like mm -hmm. people haven't really like called me out and say I have to be this or that mm -hmm. or whatever they've kind of just let me exist so I'm pretty happy about that but of course like I've had instances where I go into a female toilet all yeah. the time and then th the person coming in sees me already inside and then they'll do a double take at the yeah. door right so that's very normal I had one time in I think it was in Prague in, in Europe I was in the female queue and somebody tapped me on the shoulder to tell me that I was in the wrong queue and then I said, no, I'm in the right queue. <laughs> and then they, was, they realized, and then they were so apologetic. So that was okay, you know? Like, so yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had really like, bad experiences, I have to say. I'm pretty lucky that way. I mean, so at least you identify with the women's toilet line, right? So for <laughs> me, where do I go? Uh -huh. In the bushes around the back? Like. The handicapped toilet is the <laughs> other option. Yeah. But, I mean... That's, I mean, like, that for means me also, I'm taking that's what I would use yeah. as well sometimes. Yeah, when you don't want to have that situation. Yeah, yeah, but for somebody, so I'm relatively okay at the moment. I don't mind using the women's bathroom. But, like, yeah. for, for a lot of people who don't want to go into the men or the women's bathroom, especially for people who don't look like they fit into mm. one gender yeah. and are non-binary, it's, it's a decision that you make every day to invalidate your own gender unless you never go to the public bathroom but mm. okay so which bathroom do you use then i use the women's bathroom okay. in public but i think do you feel comfortable or not really uh i mean i think people assume that gender neutral bathrooms is a huge problem and people are going to abuse it right every single bathroom in a person's home is gender neutral you do not be like oh no mom you use the one on the left dad you use the one on the right like yeah nobody yeah. does that at home yeah you're exposed to gender neutral things uh -huh. every single day and people just don't realize mm -hmm. so. i think i think in public is more of a safety issue i guess that's why the segregation right 
but that so so who are we assuming is the, the danger yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're assuming <laughs> mm -hmm. and i mean okay obviously i feel there there is a higher crime rate among a specific statistic but i think the way to solve that is not by hurting other people which is mm. non-binary and trans and yeah when i was in la i saw um i saw a lot of gender gender neutral um, yeah bathrooms and i was so happy to see that mm -hmm. you know like every other cafe i went to it was yeah. like wonderful and i was like wow you know we're so missing out yeah here in singapore and why can't we have that as well i mean a lot of spaces that only have the space for one small toilet they're not gonna mm. they don't have a choice they're not gonna be like oh sorry only women pee here men go men go to the building across the street <laughs> like or the bush outside <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think uh, so that's actually like one of the, the previous things I did in the UK is we pushed for gender neutral bathrooms in all uh, all college campuses mm. in London. So we didn't see a crime rate go up. There was no issues with that. Uh, sometimes a little bit disgusting, but I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's why I prefer the female toilets. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of Spectrum Podcast. I want to thank Shan from The Tea Project and Aisha for coming on the show and giving us more insight into the use of pronouns and why it means so much for the LGBTQ community in helping them feel seen, respected, validated and valued. I know I certainly learned a lot through these conversations with Shan and Aisha and I hope you found this episode helpful as well. I'm your host, Jamie Nonis, and if you'd like to connect with me on Instagram, find me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-N-O-N-I-S. And do follow Spectrum Podcast as well. Find us at S-P-E-Q-T-R-U-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Spectrum Podcast. Be sure to also subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast app. And do share these episodes with your friends if you find value in them and feel it will help them too. Let's continue these conversations and get more dialogue going so that we can create a more understanding and inclusive society, especially here in Singapore. Thank you once again for tuning in and until next time, I pray that you always have the strength and courage to be who you are and know that you are beautiful and loved just the way you are. Take care, my friends. <laughs>